It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello, good morning. Welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Glad you're with me on a Sunday morning. I know there are a lot of other things you could be doing, so always grateful. Don't forget, if you don't get the Sunday broadcast, we always post the interviews online. Go to WNSB online. You can go to our YouTube channel as well and get the interviews that you missed. We appreciate it, okay? All right, so, you know, there are people in the community that are doing great things. A lot of times we read about people and there are other places and they're doing big things and we sit back and we admire them and we talk about the great things that we're doing and we overlook the people that are doing great things in our own backyard. And it is my pleasure to bring people such as that to you so you can appreciate them while they're here, while they're working hard. We say good morning, hello, and thank you to my guest, Tamika Quinn, for joining me this morning. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. You are one of those people that you are in the community. You are moving. You are grooving. You are shaking. You are getting some things done. A lot of people know you, but I think there are more people that could know you and understand your missions and what you're doing and what you gets you going. And that's why I wanted to have you on this morning, because people need to hear the messages, the messages that you have. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now, I always like to start with the background because to me it's always interesting how people get started. So let's go back. You're from Philly, but you fill in as much as you want to fill in uh, as far as the background is concerned. If you want to start with being born in Philly, that's fine. If you want to be starting with from Philly to Hampton Roads, that's fine as well. Absolutely. I am born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, as you well know, I am a Philly girl, so I'm, I'm always repping Philly, but I've been in Virginia for years. The Navy brought me here, and it's actually where I met my husband uh, in the Navy, but we were both from Philadelphia. He passed away in 2011, so I'm a widow. Um, I'm a mom. Um, I have three children, and uh, my youngest daughter is still home. She's a student at North Carolina A&T. All right. And so, uh, <laughs> HBCUs, yes. we love them. Yes, yes. And so I had two daughters who went to HBCUs, and I'm a proud parent of HBCU students. And um, and so I, I just I just love being a mom. Um, and my bit my first business really revolved around that. Uh, when my husband was sick uh, initially with thyroid cancer, we were looking for a way for me to be home with the kids. And that's how my business, Pink Carpet Glam Girl, was started. It's a spa uh, where we can do spa parties for young girls. And um, and it ironically, you know, people kind of assume that that business was a franchise and that there were other spa party type places all across the United States. But Nope, it was birthed right on my husband's hospital bed at Norfolk General, just kind of talking about what ways mom could stay at home with the girls, and that business was birthed right there. And we started doing spa parties as a way to do something together for fun uh, so that I wouldn't have to go back to a nine-to-five job, and it just grew. Uh, we love doing that in the community and kind of, building on to something together, but pouring into young girls uh, to have 
boost their self-esteem mm-hmm. as well as, you know, um, things for them to, to kind of look forward to more, more than just your typical birthday party. And that was back in 2012 that that business really started to take off and still today kind of transform. And now we're about to launch an all-natural skincare line under the Paint Carpet Glam Girl brand. So I'm excited that we're still alive today. <laughs> Wonderful. And just let me say something. This is side note. This is Cheryl and this is personal. And people get upset when I say this, but it's true. I so admire people, women or men, that stay at home with their children. I admire that because I think it's underrated. I know people that do it and people around them say, oh, the child isn't going to get socialization or this or that. That's bologna sausage, okay? We say those things (laughs) because we are a little bit defensive because we aren't doing that. But when your child is being loved on all day by a parent, nothing beats that. So my hat goes off to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so... Uh, give me, if I were to call you up and say, hey, I want to bring my nieces to a pink carpet glam girl experience, what would that be like? What would the day be like? Well, it would be um, something that's different from any other spa experience, I will tell you, because the, the focus is not just nails and feet and, you know, a, a birthday party. It is all about uplifting and encouragement and Uh, Mm self-motivation and positivity Mm -hmm. is something that's different from your typical birthday party. And so it's always been the experience and it's, it's always been focused on uh, motivation from within. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my, a lot of people are aware that, you know, my oldest daughter, Kashara had experienced being bullied in middle and elementary school for her weight. And we went through this period of her having low self-esteem and, you know, not feeling good about herself. And we actually joined Girl Scouts and I became a Girl Scout troop leader. All right. You know, because I just was that mom. Like, I want to be hands on. I want to know everything that's going on. I want to learn everything I need to learn to make sure that my babies are whole and healed. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and so with Pink Carpet Glam Girl, hey, what do we have to do to make sure that these kids who are coming to these parties, they come here for whatever reason for a party, but they leave here whole and healed as well. Uh, And so the activities revolve around just that. And it's not just about nail polish. Um, We are making sugar scrubs, but we're talking about positivity. We're talking about what do you want to be when you grow up and why? Um, what, where do you see yourself after you leave from school? Mm-hmm. What does that look, what does it look like for you? You know, when you're happy, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're sad, what does that look like? You know, we, we talk about all types of things during that experience. And I'm telling you, most times kids don't want to leave. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's an excellent experience. Wonderful. And yes. speaking about health problems, you've experienced some health problems Tell us about that and how you dealt with that. Sure. So I'm a two-time stroke survivor, and I had two strokes at the age of 27, actually 10 days after I gave birth to my youngest daughter, Sequoia. And, um, you know, sometimes we think about having a child, and it's just like, you know, an experience of just that. But 
having a baby is very um, mm-hmm. it's very risky. <laughs> right, right. Um, and we don't hear too often about those those risks that go along with having a baby. But I, well, I was one of those risky um, childbirth um, that happened, and so I developed preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure during pregnancy. I never had it prior to that pregnancy. And my blood pressure spiked during labor, and it never went down. And so 10 days after delivery, I had a stroke on the right side of my brain, and three days later, a second stroke in the frontal lobe of my brain. The left side of my body was paralyzed, and then with the second stroke, I had um, I had memory issues. Um, my speech was was slurred. I had cognitive deficits. And so you're talking about a 27-year-old who at that time I owned a bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, I had three kids at home, including a newborn baby, a husband, and in the prime of my life. Mm-hmm. The, the furthest thing from my mind was being bed-bound and needing assistance. And I'm being told by doctors that this is the way I was going to be for the rest of my life, um, that there was nothing that could be done. And I just refused to believe that prognosis. Um, I was a difficult patient. (laughs) (laughs) She said proudly. (laughs) I just knew knew that I served a God that was was way more powerful than those doctor's reports. And uh, that just wasn't going to be my life. I I had so much more to do. And yeah, um, we got through that. Okay. But um, but yeah, I walk today. I, I run today. Um, I just do so much more. And I'm I'm a speaker. And of course, I'm speaking to you right now. I didn't speak like this after having those strokes at all. Mm-hmm. You can barely understand anything that I was saying. It was very difficult. I didn't see that well. Mm-hmm. Um, my vision was distorted. And this year, I've also had heart surgery. Um, you are so a walking, you, talking, breathing, living <laughs> miracle, as Pastor Melvin O'Mariner would say. <laughs> yes. God is so good. Yep. God is so good. Um, I'm just a testament to, you know, what, what God can do for us. And so if you believe in his word, he said that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And so why would I just give up? Because of these things that are happening to me, I was actually born with a hole in my heart. Okay. It didn't just come. Mm-hmm. And so after I had those strokes, the military sent me to Johns Hopkins uh, in Maryland to have a full workup to kind of, you know, see what was going on with me. Why would a 27-year-old have these strokes? And I, I found out then that I had the hole in my heart, but I didn't want to get it closed because it was a risky surgery. But it had gotten the development now for the surgery was a lot less invasive. So I've lived all these years, 21 years with this whole knowing about it um, and still, still not having it closed and running that risk of having another stroke. Mm -hmm. So getting it closed has reduced my risk drastically. um, And and what made you another stroke? What made you go ahead and decide to go ahead and get it closed? Oh, I definitely needed to do it, but um, because it, it didn't have, I didn't have to get my chest opened up. Okay. Um, the technology is a lot is a lot safer. Mm-hmm. They could go in through um, through a vein, and and it just go through in through a vein and and close the close the hole up in my heart. 
with uh, with a device that kind of looks like the umbrella that sits on top of a drink. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I was actually partially awake while they did it. Wow. So it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, like like years ago open heart surgery. It was much more like something that, even though I was in an OR, it was much more like um, outpatient surgery comparatively. Mm. Much less invasive now. Yeah, right. even though it was still heart surgery, it was just much less invasive. Right, and. You've been telling that story. You've been telling that story, and you've been telling a health story. You've been pushing health. Is that because of what you went through with your husband, yourself? Your you said your daughter was overweight. Is that why health is so very important to you? And you're on the national stage speaking about it. That is why, and also because. In our community, we are the ones that are dying the most from heart disease and stroke. And it's because we are not getting the preventive care to prevent stroke and heart Mm -hmm. disease when we could. Mm -hmm. And also because when we are diagnosed with issues, we are not the ones that are getting the treatment for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we can present in, say, an ER with symptoms and we're not taken seriously enough to get the treatment and we get sent home and die. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I went to the uh, an urgent care center initially for symptoms of my stroke, the day that I had stroke, I was sent home. And I always share on stage, I was sent home to die because that is ultimately what would have happened had I stayed there. My husband came home from work that day and took me to an emergency room. But had he not done that, I would have died at home. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, you hear this story all the time. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Tamika Quinn. She is based right here in Hampton Roads, but she goes all over the nation. And she's telling the story about, you know, what you can do and what you can survive. But I hear that story all the time, Tamika. We saw Serena Williams talk about how she had to be persistent. That was when she was giving birth to her child. We see the uh, track star not long ago that was Mm -hmm. found dead in her home, and they say that was surrounding childbirth, another black woman. What is it that we, is it something that we as the black community, we're not speaking up enough, or does it need to be more action from the black community as well as the medical community? From both. So there is a perception, there has been studies done, research shown, there's a perception in the medical field, I mean, race across the board, that black women in general are strong. We are perceived with this strong notion that we can take anything, right? Yeah. Since slavery. And when we present with symptoms, you know, it could be whatever, pain for anything. And we might we might think it because I've gone, say, to the VA and I'll say I, I suffer with migraines, horrible migraines. And I might say my head is throbbing and I'm looked at like, come on, throbbing, mm-hmm. you know, but let's just say if there's any type of pain, there's this perception that it couldn't possibly be that bad. However, sometimes we might go to a, an emergency room and we might not even say it's that bad. We might say it's 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 a okay. it's, it's so so. Mm-hmm. And it might be really bad. It might be from a scale of 1 to 10. It might be a 10. But we're saying it's a 6 
because we've experienced so much pain, we don't even verbalize the level of pain that something is. And so if, we, if we're verbalizing a six, but it's really a 10, we may get sent home or we may not get the MRI done or the CAT scan done because we're verbalizing it's a six. So it's not taken as seriously. Mm-hmm. And so our communication from our community may be missed because we don't communicate the same. It's a miscommunication. And I've watched I've watched videos on this alone, just a miscommunication across the board from different ethnic groups to medical personal personalities. And it's it's sad. I hope you all are listening to the words that Tamika is putting out because it's so true. I remember when number one grandson, I only have one, when number one grandson got (laughs) sick and he was a little boy, I want to say nine months old, something like that. And he was sick and we took him around to some of the areas, so-called best hospitals, and the answers weren't satisfactory. And I called a black doctor I knew at the time. She said, you keep going until you find a hospital that listens to you. And this is after I, and I'm pretty mild-mannered. I had acted the fool in one of the hospitals. And mm-hmm. come to find out, my child, my grandchild, had pneumonia. And you're telling me he's mm. okay. Do you know people can die from pneumonia? How dare you? Yes. So you are exactly right what you're saying. We have to say what we mean, and we have to mean what we say. And, yes, these people have gone to school. They've sacrificed. Many of them have gotten into debt. Lord knows they've gotten into debt to be medical professions. But if you don't feel like they are telling you the right thing, you have to keep going. Yeah. That's my story. That is my story. And so tell us how you ended up partnered with Essence. Uh, (laughs) uh, And so, you know, it's amazing how these uh, magazines or or media outlets, well, they find you. Um, I'm an ambassador for um, the American Heart Association. And so that was how Essence found me. I was actually on vacation with my family And I remember getting a phone call, and I thought it was a prank call. And the lady said, hi, I'm I'm so-and-so. I'm calling from Essence Magazine. And I was like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. And and I almost hung up. It was so wild. I almost hung up. And she said her name. I said, who? And she said her name again. And I was like, Mom, it's Essence Magazine. And, um, And I said, really? And she said, we want to do a story on you. And I was like blown away. I had to literally walk away from my family and sit down. Mm-hmm. But they did a, a whole write-up. And she said, I'm going to send you some questions. And I was just so honored. It had, it had been on my dream board mm-hmm. for years. For years, I would cut out part of the cover of Essence magazine and put on my dream board. And for them to call me, I was just blown away. Another thing I want to talk to you about is the fact that with your family, you value vacations. Why is that? Where where does that come from? As a young child, did your family teach you that? Or is that something you just decided with your three? But you're going to take your family on vacation. Why why is that? (laughs) Um, Yes, yes, ma'am. Well, my mom actually started that. And... It is a big deal in our family. Um, 
my grandfather, well, I'm going to say my, my grandparents did, actually. My grandfather had a motor home when we were young. And nice. Yes. So we were the black family on the block with the motor home and the boat. And vacation was a big deal for our family. And so several times a year, we would all pack up. And, and my grandparents had seven kids. And so you can imagine all my aunts and uncles and my mom and us. And we were always going somewhere. And so when my mom had children, it was just that's what we did. And she would make sure that she saved to do vacations. We, as a child, I remember us going to Disney World multiple times. So by the time I was an adult, that was just ingrained in me that we are going to vacation. That is a priority. And so my children have been raised knowing that vacations are a priority. It's not even a, a luxury. That's just what we do. We look forward to that. In the same manner that we have to work, I feel like we have to vacation because mm-hmm. how else will you stay sane if you don't have something to look forward to, to relax, to decompress? Um, and so, yes, vacations are big. My mom was is a timeshare owner. So am I. Um, we, we just make sure that we have vacations in our lifestyle. You think your children will continue that tradition? Oh, absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. My daughter, Shara travels now. That that girl, she she gets up and goes without question. <laughs> no worries. She's she's going to go on. And that is I think we need to do that more as a community. I think we are doing it more. I'm a member of some travel groups, some black travel groups that I thoroughly enjoy. Uh but I think that's what we need to do. Even if it's like uh, last last, I have a I have a nephew that is a, a performing artist. Last November, he was in a show in Nebraska. Tamika, I promise you, I know nobody in Nebraska. But I'm like, I'm going to Nebraska, and I just got up and went to Nebraska, and I didn't even tell him, and I just appeared at that show. Just go, just see another part of this world, whether it's in the United States, somewhere else. Just get a different perspective, learn something new, see something new. It's good for you. Yeah. I think more and more people need to do that. Let's talk about being a parent. How hard is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that it's hard, so huh? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, you know those tightrope walkers that you see on those shows and they're they have the uh the tightrope they have to walk across mm-hmm. with their ballerina slippers on and then then they throw them the bar and then they got to carry the bar to walk across the tightrope. Then they throw them a ball and they have the ball on top of the bar. It's hard. <laughs> it is, but is it harder when they're smaller or is it harder the older they get? You know, I thought it would be I thought it would be harder the the younger they are. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I'm thinking it is harder the older they are. Tell me because why. You think as a parent, right, that when they're young, you're just going to you know, you kind of tell them what they do and tell them what to do and they do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So now when, when they get older, they have opinions <laughs> and <laughs> they they want to do things their way. And it's like, what? what? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that? Mm-hmm. So 
it's definitely harder when they get older uh, because they're, they're influenced. They're influenced from other people in the world. And so now it's harder because it's not just your influence as a parent. Um, but then true. that's where you have to trust that what you poured into them really matters and that they have, that you've done your job as a parent to have influenced them. And that, you know, you trust God that what, what they've learned, uh, from him is going to matter as well. So, you know, and it's also, I want to say it's rewarding and it's, it's fun watching your kids, you know, uh, live their life and, and apply the lessons that you taught them and that they've learned. It it really is. It's rewarding. It's 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 something else when you get to see the fruits of your labor mm-hmm. applied. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now earlier you talked about uh, pink carpet glam girl, and you said something that sparked my interest, and that you're starting an all natural skincare line. Where did that come from? That idea come from? So. We've had uh, products for some time that we've used in the spa, sugar scrubs that the, the kids make uh, for their hands, but it had not been my own products. Mm-hmm. Okay. These products that I've, I've imported, right? And so, um, you know, when you're when you're importing products, you really don't know what what's in those products. Mm-hmm. And so, these are going to be products that are that I'm making myself mm-hmm. so they're handmade they're all natural um already have started um so excited and I've been taking classes for the last two months um so it's it's a process right that's <laughs> what I've heard age, mm-hmm. <laughs> just the learning process alone um but it's exciting and even being in class with these other women that I'm in class with learning about making these products um has been fun but um, but I'm glad to have um, have glad to be doing this because now I can say for sure that these products that the kids will be using are all natural. Mm-hmm. I know what's in them, um, and they're safe. Yeah, that's number one. I would guess. Yeah, they're safe. Yeah, that's wonderful. Do you have a name for the products? Well, they're still going to be the Pink Carpet Glam Girl. Um, line but it's just going to be a skincare line i do have some some um of the some of the fragrances they're going to just be names of the of the fragrances and they're going to be the cotton candy um i have my notes here got cute names for them Yes, bubblegum, fruit loop, and pink lemonade. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. We are almost at the end of this 30 minutes. I can't believe how quickly it goes by, but we do have a couple of more minutes. So I want you to tell everybody, Tamika Quinn, how they can contact you. They might want you as a speaker at their church or their workplace or whatever, whatever. They might want to contact you about Pink Carpet Glam Girl. They just might want to talk to you about some of the experiences that you talked about today. So what are those social media handles and how can people best contact you? Sure. Uh, my my um, Instagram is Pink Carpet Glam Girl. And also my personal Instagram is author Tamika Quinn. My Facebook is also author Tamika Quinn. I think it would be a great idea right before school starts. 
that people take these young ladies out and treat them to a pink carpet glam girl day before they go back to school and, you know, take that opportunity, like you said, to pour into them and pour into them specifically about having a great school year and what they can do and what they can accomplish. And it just sounds like a positive way to start the school year. That sounds like an awesome idea. Let's do it, you all. Give her a call. Tamika, I don't know how I can thank you for being my guest today. It was a great show. Mm-hmm. You had great information. And like I said, you're right here in Hampton Roads. I mean, you're known all over. Go, you know, East Coast, West Coast, and all of that. But we're just thankful that you're here in our backyard and we can readily get uh, get to you. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Because you don't have to, but you do it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. I want to thank you all for listening on this Sunday morning. Next week, another great guest. I'm sure Wilkerson, you've got to keep it right here at Hot 91, the soul of VA. And always, always behold the green and gold.